Off we go. Hey guys, welcome to class number four. Um, last week I, got, I actually listened to the uh, last week's class and that microphone is a monster. You can pick up everything, so um, we're good. Um, I will try to repeat um, as some folks are, are quiet and, and um, sometimes it's hard to hear all the words in this room, but with that said, uh, last week guys we talked about um, really kind of introducing conversational evangelism, this idea, this thought of in evangelism, we have to speak to one another. Um, we have to have a conversation at some point, form and fashion, at some point in a relationship um, in order to feel out that individual to um, see where they are spiritually, um, are they interested, they want to dive deeper and continue to have those uh, spiritual conversations. Uh, I promised you last week if we got to it, we'd hit some scripture. We didn't quite get to it, but today we're going to actually kick it off and dive into some scripture. So Dr. North, um, in his book, Evangelizing Your Community, um, as he introduced the, converse, uh, the topic of conversational evangelism, um, he talked about two people in the Bible, I'm sure there's multiple more in there, um, of where this could be found and how um, it could be applied in our lives. So today... We're going to flip over and start off with Jesus. Um, we're going to be in John chapter 4. You want to talk about the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. <coughs> so John chapter 4, verses 7 through 15. It's John 4, 7 through 15. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciple had gone away into a city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman um, said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who said, um, says it to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. She said to him, Sir, you have uh, nothing to draw with the well, uh, and the well is deep. Where, do you, where then do you get this living water? Um, you are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give him will become in him a well of water, springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I will not be thirsty, nor come um, here, come all the way here to draw. And he said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here, and they continue on that conversation. So what, what he focuses on, my thought, um, when I read this was, let's kind of dissect that conversation a little bit, um, pull it up at the 50,000 foot level. So... You know, Jesus is there and he asks the woman what? Give me a drink. Give me a drink. So that's something physical, right? Jesus is thirsty. He wants a drink, right? So then the conversation kind of goes back and forth with the Samaritan woman. So what's the Samaritan woman say? Why would you ask me? Yeah. So kind of a little conversation starting, right? So Samaritan woman's like, well, why are you going to ask me to get this water, right? So then at this point, what, what does Jesus do? What's his response back? I can give you water that you may never need to drink again. <coughs> yeah. 
this eternal, I'm going to give you this eternal life, uh, what's the term he uses? Eternal water? Uh, eternal, uh, well, spring, yeah, uh, a water that springs up from eternal life. So, And then, so right there, he kind of switches it from what? A physical need to a spiritual need, right? And then, of course, the, spirit, the Samaritan woman's like, what, what's her response to that? Uh, give me water if you're not going to be cutting all this white. Yeah, like, you know, what you're talking about, Willis, you know, she doesn't understand, <laughs> right? She's like, okay, what, 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 what's this the eternal water? I, I don't understand. So then Jesus continues to, to clarify, right? And then by verse 15, she's hooked, right? 14, 15, she's like, yeah, give me this water, give me this water. I mean, how how smooth of a transition is it in Jesus' lingo or Jesus' conversation as he talks to this lady? I mean, just a quick um, quick request. Hey, give me water. And just a little back and forth, all of a sudden, he's taken into the spiritual realm. And he's talking about eternal life. You know, I, I have this, um, you know, if you ask me for the living water, you know, I'd give it to you. And they start having this conversation. So that's kind of where Dr. North goes with um, evangelizing your community. So last week, if you guys remember in class, I asked you if you, if you wanted to um, focus on all the conversations that you guys have in, in, in your life, right? And um, figure out a way for someone that you don't know their spiritual background to slip in something like this. Slip in a nugget of something spiritual to them just to see how it goes. Did anyone do it last week by chance? Have a chance? I did it a couple, I mean, I totally get it. We, we leave here and sometimes we, we brain dump. Um, I've done it here and there. I wouldn't say I did it last week per se. I think I've done it weeks prior. Um, Amanda, I'm waiting for her story. She hasn't told me because like, I'm, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday, she's like, oh, I did your homework. <laughs> I'm like, great, I'll hear about it on Saturday or Sunday. But um, uh, you want to share, Amanda? Or? Uh, sure. It was at the concert on Tuesday night, and you weren't with me. And I so I was by myself and there were a couple women that I noticed from other band things there and they came and sat with me and I've never talked to them before I don't think but other than hi and bye and so we sat down and had a lot of time just to kind of sit and talk and we were talking about band stuff mutual band things and we talked about one of the rehearsals from last uh, marching season and how it lasted all day and I said yeah it it was, you know, till late at night. It was on a Saturday, and I said, "What made it worse was, you know, we've got church the next morning, and I've got, you know, my son has to go to Bible class, and um, and just kind of geared the conversation towards that." And the lady sitting next to me said, "Oh, um, you go to church?" I said, "Yeah." And, and uh, I said, "Where do you go?" And and she said, "Well, we're in between congregations right now. The congregation we used to um, worship at disbanded because people kind of moved on during COVID." And she's like, we really haven't found a place. And so then we kind of talked about where I go and talked about Central and just different things. Yeah. And she had mentioned, she said, you know, because I don't know if you feel this way, but it's really hard because we've just been watching online and it's just not the same. And we really miss having our church family. So we got to discuss that a little bit. So it's with a little, if you guys can hear that, with a little small talk at a concert, Amanda uh, brought up the fact that, um, yeah, Logan's had a hard week this week. So Tuesday, he's out late. Uh, Thursday, he was out way late because <laughs> of band. And um, during the concert on Thursday, uh, we were talking about, Amanda sat down with some folks and had a conversation that slipped in uh, church and how it's hard for Logan because he has to go to church and that sparked the whole conversation about church. I mean, that's, yeah, that's an easy way to slide it in, right? Um, anyone else? I mean... Well, I did one last night. Uh, I keep the scorebook for the Carl Albert 
football or basketball <coughs> and the guy that sits next to me that runs the score clock uh, in between uh, at a halftime uh, we got to talking about where he goes to church and this and that and uh, I he goes to church in Choctaw some, uh, somewhere and uh, I, I said my cousin goes there I said do you know my cousin he goes oh well he's one of my best friends and, da, da, da. and we got to talking about church and this and that so uh, I tried to do that. <coughs> yeah, yeah, Kind of slide in about where you go to church. Um, we've talked numerous times during band. Um, Amanda and I are on the food crew. So you feed, I don't know, what, 230-ish kids plus band directors plus adult sponsors. So, I mean, we probably have close to 250, 275 that come through the line. So we get there early, and, you know, we're cutting stuff, chopping stuff, goofing off with other parents and, you know, um, when Amanda's not there, the last oh, where's Amanda? Oh, she's doing trunk or treat. Oh, that's cool. What's that? You know, so we start talking about, you know, things like that. You can just slide it in that way. Oh, you're more than welcome to come. You know, if you want to drive to Middle City, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, invite people that way. We've checked out, um, yeah, we're probably in monster message. We check out for Thanksgiving meal at the Sam's. You know, we got umpteen million hams and all this other stuff. And I mean, it's obvious what we're making as you check out. And so, you know, you've had the, the ladies uh, are in, you know, checking us out, saying, hey, what's this for? Hey, we just, you know, we bring up Thanksgiving meal, you're more than welcome to come. It's for, you know, we kind of uh, pitch church stuff to them and um, done that. I've actually used this class um, in the previous month, or yeah, previous months prior to this class, reading up and getting something together for the class. Um, people would ask, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, preparing for a class. What are you teaching? Oh, I'm teaching on evangelism. And so we had went into some different directions, we'll call it, like about evangelism, what they believe and how important it is and, and things like that. So it was, it was always just, you know, conversations that were blasted two or three minutes tops, right? And, um, but, you know, you plant seeds. Mike, I think you raised your hand. Yeah, um, we, we were having a conversation at work and somebody was talking about the number of homeless and then there was some a lot of, couple of negative talk about homeless people, which we understand where they're coming from on occasions, but I just talked about the clothing room and the homeless that we brought in and started talking about that and actually talked about what I gained out of that. Mm -hmm. And then one other one that I've used, and I thought about when Mike started talking, I've used Mike a lot. I meet people that, young kids now that hire on, find out they go to Carl Albert, and then I'll ask them if they know Mike. And uh, then that just leads to, yeah, he goes to church with me. Where do you go to church? Yeah. And we just go from there. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. So um, when the kids were younger, we'd see this guy walking his dog um, from a distance, and I'd kind of see him and, you know, we'd go back to paying attention to the kids and playing and whatever we're doing out in the front yard. <laughs> So he gets closer, I'm looking at him like, I know him. <laughs> so, it's good work from school. Uh, from, um, he was my, he was my uh, math teacher, that's what he taught, my algebra two teacher. And so, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And we start talking back and forth, and um, you know, Mike gets brought up in that conversation. I'm like, yeah, I go, to Mike. I go with Mike, or Mike and I go to church together. Oh yeah, really, you know? And have, a, have that conversation so that from that point forward, you know, he's here. I think you remember me. You might have done the teacher thing. Oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But 
But at least we had that conversation every time he walked his dog or he saw me walking our dogs, you know, we, we'd have a good conversation. And we continue to this day when I still see him, so. Um, absolutely. Any others? Anna. Uh, I had a conversation, I don't have a lot of conversations with people outside of the church, make homes come on, but uh, I had a conversation with my neighbor this week. We've talked about church numerous times. When they go to small group, they get her grandparents to come keep their kids because there are no other kids and they feel that their kids are a disruption. So we've talked a lot about how, you know, we have a lot of kids and they're, they're not connecting well after COVID. They've gone there for years, mm -hmm. but they're like, after we came back after COVID, everything's so different. And they were, I don't know if it was like a slip on her part, because she quickly was like, I mean, um, they had been to Disney two or three months ago. And they're like, yeah, when I went to small group, everybody was asking us about it. And we realized we hadn't talked to anybody since then. And nobody had really reached out. I mean, we hadn't called anybody to tell them how it went and that kind of thing. And that happens a lot every time we talk about their church. And she was like, well, I saw on Facebook that your, your friend brought over something for you uh, when your family was coming back from out of town. I said, yeah, I know. So I said, our church has done a really good job coming back out of COVID. I said, we have a lot of people that are really good about checking in on each other, and we're very much in each other's lives. And um, I tried to invite them to a few things, and I kind of just keep opening that door. We've been trying to have them over more. Um, but we talk a lot about the church and how awesome Eastside is. And, of course, we live a mile from Central. So yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I've mentioned them a few times, too. I'm like, my understanding is they're also really great. Um, but I, I have a feeling in the next year or two, maybe they'll be looking for a new church. So That's awesome. It's, Keep talking about how great the church is. <laughs> yeah, we throw dog dog bones to Central all the time um, because we're the same boat. You know, we're just a few more miles than, than Anna and Jack, but we're really close to Central as well. And um, our neighbor across the street, um, oddly enough, she goes to Central. We made that connection. You know, we prayed. Um, growing up, we had our neighbors. Our, we had kids all the same age, so it was a really young neighbor when we moved in. And so everyone around us had kids. And so it was very common for us, our front yard, to be, you know, pilfered with, what, 10 kids running around screaming. And, you know, the one big kid with me, you know, running around screaming with them. But, um, but you know, one of them moved away. And so Amanda, you know, very diligent in her prayers, you know, pray that um, someone who moves in, you know, we can continue to have this relationship with and all that. And boom, there goes our neighbor who goes to Central. So it's like, hey, even better, you know, um, we have that connection. You know, it's amazing who you see. We're walking in Walmart, and one of their elders is, um, is walking. Well, I thought he was shopping, but he's actually walking. He's taking it upon himself to uh, walk an hour a day, so he chose Walmart to walk around. I don't know, maybe for um, the entertainment. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> and that's climate control. That's true. That's probably probably that's the number one. But you know, you see him. You see him. Everyone. You just have those conversations. It's, it's great. Amanda. Well, and it was way easier when our kids were little playing outside to talk to our neighbors and things and when we would have someone move in and our basketball goal was like the place that brought all the kids in and so when our neighbors across the street moved in and one of their little kids started um, I got him to come over and play basketball with our kids and it was like my little like I, I, I hate to call it a test, but it kind of was. And there was a rainbow in the sky. And I said, oh, look at the rainbow God made. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't it make you think of Noah? And the little boy said, who's Noah? What are you talking about? And I was like, okay, so they don't know. So um, that's where I'm going to start from. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like my little, I could tell where I could start from with conversations with them based on what maybe their kids knew. And That's a good point. I mean, how do you, so in other areas, I don't know. Someone tried to tell me the scientific reason of why Oklahoma has great sunrises and sunsets. I, it just blew my head. I don't know. I just know that for some reason I've been, I've traveled everywhere it seems like um, in my life. Not really, but it seems like it. And um, I would say for some reason Oklahoma, this, this area, 
gorgeous sunrises, gorgeous sunsets. And um, I mean, that's a perfect, you know, point to, to put in, drop in something like God, right? Hey, look at the pretty sunset. You see God's paintbrush this morning. You see the beauty that God made, right? I mean, almost throwaway lines to see if they pick them up and go with it, right? Um, what's the most common thing that people ask? What are you asked about? Probably, ten, hopefully you're asked about ten times a day at least. We see each other across the hall. What are you going to say? How you doing? What's our typical response? Fine. Okay. You know, there you go. Does anyone else, when I hear blessed, I go through the gate guard every morning, right? And this came a badge. And, um, sometimes some people say have a good day. Some people say have a blessed day. I don't know. Maybe I'm feeding too much into it. But every time I think of that, I'm like, ooh, another believer. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm feeding too much into it. But I mean, that should be my indication to go back with something else of, you know, fine. Or, or uh, some other kind of indication of, yeah, you know, you too have a blessed day. You know, God bless or whatever, right? Um, I was thinking today, what, what could be another answer to how you doing today? Besides fine, that you get though slide something in, like spiritual. Well, you can always say, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks be to God. There you go. Yeah. God's blessed me with another day on this side of the dirt. I'm going to make it good. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, however, whatever your personality is, you know. Don't, don't slow up the line. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, it could be it could be anything that you guys want. I mean, those are the triggers that I... I asked last week on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, how hard sometimes it is to bring up spiritual things to people as we have those conversations, right? And I think in, for me, um, you guys tell me um, what you guys think about this, but I, I think it's more of a, a remembrance. I get, I am very internal in, in things that I'm thinking about, what I'm doing. I've told my people that I work with, hey, if I'm staring at you and I don't respond, it's not... It's not. A, I'm not trying to be rude to you. I I got an internal dialogue going right now. So I learned actually to do the engineer thing and look kind of at the ground. So people kind of you know see me walking and I'm I'm thinking. But um, it's to I got to remind myself to break out of that and pay attention right to people and have those conversations and then take the time, be diligent in it, and understand that it's going to take. A minute of my time. I've got to be patient about it and have those conversations. So instead of saying fine, fine, as you walk, you know, don't even break stride as you walk in the hallway. Spend that extra, what, three seconds? Make that response, see what they come up with. And even if they giggle and laugh with my, you know, this side of dirt comment, great, you know, and then we move on. Well, I totally failed yesterday because in going into the week, I had had your homework project in mind, and so going into work and going to the concert and all the things, I had that in the back of my head, and I was like, oh, I'm going to intentionally do something. Yesterday, I was in robotics competition mode, and I had to cue these teenagers and get them where they're supposed to be. I never once thought, I was, I touched a hundred kids' lives, like I talked to a hundred kids yesterday and some adults. I could have said something yesterday, and I didn't even think about it, because I was just totally task-oriented. So, it no. takes forethought. It does. Especially when you're busy and you have a task going. I could have done it, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't anticipate it. But I mean, in the flip side, you know, should we beat up ourselves about that? No. I mean, I look at it from this perspective, because I was the same with Amanda. I was, 
Actually, I was there longer than Amanda all day from 7.30 to about 4.30, 5 o'clock. And um, I had opportunity as well, and um, I did not. But, you know, I, I look at that to go, okay, how could I better myself? Uh, Coach White, you guys, I think all of us pretty much know Coach White. Um, Chuck White, tended here for forever. Um, he, I could, one of the things I can remember from his, his classes he taught up in the teenagers was if, if you don't think about it now, when it happens in that moment, you're going to fail. Or there's a higher risk of you're going to fail. So he, he, took, he took it from more of the perspective of the, the teenager angst of, you know, premarital sex, drinking, whatever, right? If I don't set, say no now, then how am I going to say no in the moment? <coughs> I look at it from the perspective, okay, let's let's look back at what happened yesterday. Okay, I had all these opportunities, all these conversations. How could I fit in something spiritual into those? Okay, put it in my storage bank. Okay, let's let's move forward. You know, if that never happens again, I got that back in my memory banks now of how to make that happen. But don't you think that if we all got better at thinking about it and doing it, the more we do it, the more it becomes natural. A habit in our lifestyle. Absolutely. And I think that's the first step, right? You know, um, it, 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 making it a habit, right? They tell you, uh, I don't know, I've heard three times to 300 times, I don't know, but you know, you do something so many times and then it becomes a habit, right? So you're right, kind of start, take that step, start saying stuff, and then continue to say stuff, and then all of a sudden you just keep saying stuff, you know, something spiritual, absolutely. What else? What else has worked for you guys in the past? Wanda. I had an incident, it was last week or so, that I got the doctor and prescription was lowered, so there I'm sitting with an original prescription full, never opened. And what do you do? You don't want to throw it away or what? And I had mentioned it and the conversation went from one thing to another and I was told about this clinic that is over here on Midwest Boulevard, one of the churches there, that they have this volunteer clinic and it has a volunteer doctor and people that work in it and they take in those prescriptions so that those that are less able to afford can go there and get the prescriptions. One thing led to another and I was given the name of the lady that and called and talked and she wanted to know where I went to church and I told her and then I told her about we had the clothing room and also was saying well then if you have people that need clothing let them know and then, so I put a little sack together for her with the handouts that we had and our uh, calendar our giveaways and that and then in talking something came up about the thanksgiving meal and told her about and she said well we do thanksgiving but we only do it for our members we should go to other people like you do so one thing led to another absolutely and guys if you don't realize this i mean i think i'm talking to a choir though we go to an awesome church here a very benevolent church and i think that's the easiest easiest way to introduce something into a into a conversation is just talk about the things that this we do here at church you don't have to actively be involved in them to bring it up, but you say, hey, I go to a church where we clothe umpteen hundred people a month, right? 
Um, I go to a church where we have um, a food pantry. We give out you know bags of groceries for free, no expectations. You know, I mean, just anything you can think of. I mean, um, I've heard numerous times. Tracy, I've heard from Wanda. I've heard it from uh, Dale when he was here. You know. Um, in the community, we are. That's one of the things that Dr. North actually has is what, what what is Eastside's public image. And as you get tied into the community around here, um, Eastside, I've been told multiple times, Eastside's brought up. Eastside is a church of benevolence. If you have an issue, go to Eastside, and that speaks volumes to, to the members here, the eldership here, right? To us. We have a very benevolent heart, and that's the easiest way to just to say, "Hey, I go to." I, I was in a leadership class. Um, oh my goodness, four or five years ago, and we had to talk about something that meant something to you. So, and you only had I don't know twenty minutes or less to, to figure out what you're going to talk about, maybe ten minutes. And so I thought, well, it was, it was it was around Thanksgiving time, so I was prepping up everything for Thanksgiving. So I said, "I'll spot my Thanksgiving meal." So I got up and just said something about it. I can't count, I can't remember the number of people, multiple people that came up to me. Um, you know, I go to a mega church and we don't, we don't do anything like this. And I'm thinking, what, really? You know, and to others, uh, you know, hey, yeah, we, like, what Anna said, we're their neighbor, you know, we only feed our members. How do how do you go about doing this and that? Um, and, and just great conversation starts with them. Hey, now this is how we show God's love. This is how we do this, that, and whatever. Anna. I was going to say to all of y'all's credit, it was really neat. Um, we hadn't been here all that long, and James was supposed to go to the Veterans Day uh, parade meeting <clears throat> with the city, and Jack, he's probably said this from the pulpit, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating, but Jack went for him because something came up, and uh, so he stood up and said the thing he had to say about Eastside's part in it, and two people came up afterwards, and I want to say, I want to speak, but I think it was the mayor and one of the cops who's kind of in charge of a lot of things. They both came up and introduced themselves, and they said, oh, you're the new guy at Eastside. You're very blessed. That is an incredible conversation great group of people you're working with there. It's really cool because we'd already kind of figured that out, but to hear that from the community, people who don't even be here or after we started attending, it's like, okay, great group of people, you're right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, every year um, someone at the Thanksgiving meal gets um, interviewed, and so it's, it's figuring out, I always kind of put in the back of my mind, okay, how am I going to say it this year, right? How am I going to explain why we do what we do to people that may or may not ever come to a church door, right? So it's always getting ourselves in that mindset of being able to think, you know, how, how where do we start? How do we start? And uh, and right now, with me, I think, you know, everyone wants to be loved, so I, so I always think of God's love, you know, compassion. God told us to be benevolent. We're going to do this. We care for you, you know, things like that. Any other thoughts? We'll jump to the second example. Just that, um, <coughs> I'm with Anna, I'm a homeschool mom, so I don't see very many uh, people outside the church. But um, <coughs> Lily just started a new, my daughter just started a new job and at Tacos for Life, and uh, I encourage her, so I think we should, and she invited, I'm like, invite someone from work to come uh, to church with you, you know? And encouraged her, she did, and uh, so I think even if you know, we should be encouraging our children to also do this. Absolutely. If they have, make that habit from the beginning, you know, it's easier for them later. Absolutely. And, and the example of the church 
for the member for the people that are at Tacos for Life. I mean, so many people have come there and said, "Do you know Lily? She goes to our church," and you know, said that to the people that work there. That's just, uh, you know, they're like, "You're homeschooled. How do you know this many people?" That's <laughs> you know, just amazing. She's like, "Every time I'm here, I see somebody that I know that come in and say something." So that's a uh, awesome kind of going the other way for her. To, yeah. That it's a testament, right? Mm -hmm. And if you all those kids that come in are good kids, you know, you're gonna think, okay, hey, there's something good going on at that, you know, church. What, what's gonna happen, right? And so the goal, as we continue to have these conversations, obviously, guys, is to to um, have more of them and then go deeper, right? So what, what could be the next step as we have these conversations? You know, invite them. We have we do thing. Invite them to church. Invite them to. Um, I love Anna's and Jack's um, idea that they have. They're going to um, invite people over to your house, but bring someone else from church, right? So now you've got to have, I want to say you're getting up on them, but you know, you've got to <laughs> gang up on them a little bit, right? But you know, you've got two, two great couples that, you know, hey, they start making these more connections with people in the church, right? And uh, that's a great idea, right? And, and kind of grow from that perspective. Um, invite them to our VBS, you know, if they have kids, invite them to our VBSs. As we start standing up and doing more seminars um, and um, gospel meetings, you know, invite them to those conversations and those topics that, that go on. Um, you know, it's it's just an easy way to get people through the door. And sometimes it's more uh, mental for those folks. Um, something's gone on in their lives where they don't want to step through that door, but you know, you help them take that first step, and they realize, you know, not, you know, lightning's not going to crash on them. They'll be okay. You know, come on in. And, uh, you know, shallow with love and, and appreciation. And that might make it easier for them to come back through the second time and continue to have those, those spiritual conversations. Yeah, if you invite them to, you know, if you're a teen, invite them to teen activities. If you're older, invite them to game night or whatever. They, they're more likely if they get to know more people to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that, sorry, I know you no, don't yeah, no, want, but... Not at all. This is a discussion class. We can stay here all day long. I don't mind. Uh, inviting people, too, that's something that I mention a lot to our neighbors because she keeps bringing it up. She said community is so important to us. But then they also keep talking about how there's no community for their kids where they're at. So I've invited them to game night, and so I'll mention, like, oh, yeah, sorry, we can't, you know, kids can't play tonight. We're headed to game night. Or, oh, we're, you know, going to go hang out with a group from church tonight. And any chance I get to slip that in there of, like, yeah, we're with each other a lot. That community that you so desperately want that you're really struggling to find. Um, same thing when she works at a school, but she's just, and she's worked there for years. They're just not making connections. And I'm like, the people at our church are very loving. They want to be in each other's lives. They want to be in your life. Which is why I'm so excited for them to start meeting people from church so that they can realize, like, no, they actually really genuinely care. Um, but when we talk about how much our church is doing, or like the Thanksgiving meal, I think I talked to them about that because uh, they saw me taking step to that. It's like any of those chances for them to realize that that community, because the, the world wants that so bad. And I think post-COVID, more than ever before, people realize how important genuine in-person connection is. Oh, absolutely. And so when they realize our church is together all the time because they want to be, <laughs> I can't think of a better way to try to introduce someone to the gospel and, and get them to want to be a part of that church. We God made us to be um, interactual, uh, relational, that's the word, relational, right? We need to see each other. We need to talk to one another. I, I, I mean, I firmly believe, um, you know, 
introverts to extroverts. Obviously, extroverts are weird, right? So they bounce around everywhere, right? <laughs> Just talk, have to talk to everybody. I'm not kidding. I'm an extrovert a little bit in some ways. Introverts the same way. I believe introverts, you know, that you know, we always in our minds have them, you know, all, um, over in the corner being quiet, and that's what they they love. But I, I firmly believe they still like to have some kind of social interaction with family or you know, at least the people that they're comfortable with. God has made us relational. Um, I don't know if I said this yet in this um, series yet, but going through one of the work development classes, um, I did a multi-generational, how do you, uh, multi-generational workforce, how do you kind of navigate through that? How do you talk to the very the generations? And uh, we go from, we talked a little bit about traditionals, which are, you know, your World War II babies. Um, there's not many of those at all in the workforce anymore, but so we started kind of with baby boomers, went all the way down to years. Um, and ha and what is the preferred communication style? And this is the one thing that will stick to be with me for a while. Um, we had a way we can rack and stack all the communication styles. So it was, uh, do you want to communicate them with them face-to-face, -face, uh, through emails, through text, through social media, through written letter, through phone? And the number one um, across all the generations was face-to-face. So that's got to drive something. What it drove home to me was no matter how busy we get or how introverted we think we are from one another, people still thrive on that face-to-face -face conversation. And just think of all the things you garner from those face-to-faces. Hand gestures, nonverbal cues, smiles, tone of voice. Um, I mean, you get so much from that face-to-face -face interaction. And I think that's just how God made us. We are relational. Anything else? Well, I was just going to say, I, I, I thought of something a little while ago, that the, you can interject different things about the church when you're talking. I, I work part-time at Barnes & Frogger Funeral Home. I drive, I do different things for the families. Um, one of the younger um, funeral directors, she, we're sitting there at, at a funeral, and uh, when the funeral's going on, we're out in the hallway or whatever, just talking, and she goes, you go to the Church of Christ, right? And I went, yeah. She goes, why don't you all have music? Yeah. <laughs> Which gives you an opportunity, gave me an opportunity to explain about the New Testament church, da-da-da. Uh, so she was very interested in that yeah. uh, at that point in time. Because like there was big music going on at the funeral and all. Right, or he's going full blast. Yeah. yeah. No, I so mean, and that's that's fair. I mean, because people will have that. I have those conversations at work all the time. Um, one of the supervisors, um, he knows us by our denomination, I guess. So, you know, he, he's Catholic, he's Protestant, he's Baptist, you know. And, um, and sometimes we'll sit down and we'll just have those conversations, right? Of, you know, hey, Church of Christ, they don't believe in X, Y, and T, right? And, you know, sometimes spot on. Yeah, we don't believe that because of you know because of this. Other times, like no, not really. That's more of a preference. This is the reason why you know why it happens like that. And so we're able to have those conversations. So most definitely. One of the things I was thinking sitting here was sometimes you invite somebody to church and there'll be an excuse or whatever as to why they're not going to. But everybody talked a lot about the different works that we do here mm -hmm. and. If you're involved in one, when you talk about what's going on and bring it up in conversation, they're always like, oh, that's awesome, or something to that effect. That's a good opportunity at that point. Maybe not invite them to church yet. Invite them, hey, we could really use some help if you want to come on this day and help with this work. Yeah. We can help so close. Can you come, come so close? Yeah. Because we talked about that that sounds like a great work, so that opened the door for that. And then when they see it, 
then you can move to the step of inviting them to come to church. Absolutely. Uh, what's that Bill Murray movie? Baby Steps. Um, I can't. Oh, what about Bob? Yeah, what about Bob? You guys ever seen that movie? Back in I think the '90s or whatever. Starts off, he's uh, he has a little fish in his little uh, um, fish things deal. Very, very, you know. He, he has him in his little uh, jar or something around his neck. He's walking to the psychiatrist's office, and he will go baby steps into the door. He walks into the door. Baby steps to the elevator, and he walks to the elevator. And he punches the elevator. Baby steps inside the elevator. And each time he does this, it's like I made it, right? So it's all about baby steps. You know, how, how do you get him through the door? How do you get him to the elevator? How do you get him up to go talk to the psychiatrist? So um, baby steps. Chris, several several years ago, I was playing basketball probably three, four, five times a night. It was just a, a basketball joke. And had uh, had a group I was playing with and got to know one of the African-American uh, guys, super guy. And, you know, it, it would get very competitive. And, you know, we lost and came off the court. And, you know, I think I slipped up and, and cursed. Yeah. And I said, I better, get to, I better get to church on Sunday and ask God for forgiveness. And this young man that I had become friends with, he's like, oh, yeah, where do you go to church at? And I told him. And so, you know, a month went by or whatever, didn't say anything else about it, and showed back up to play basketball one day, and he said, man, I was at your church Sunday, but you weren't there, and I'd been out of town. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And he said, man, he said I asked him, and they said, yeah, you know, uh, he's not here this Sunday, but uh, yeah, we know Darren Butler, and he said, man, everybody was friendly, but y'all need to work on that singing. <laughs> and he had gone, you know, he'd gone to church off and on. Uh, an African American uh, young man. It, it was it was great. Oh, he so he cool. did come back a few more times, but just one little comment like that, and he came. Yeah, he showed up. You never know that. Yeah. And, and that's actually honestly um, a good that, that that environment, sports. You know, um, sports more like conduct and all that stuff. You know, I mean that could definitely delineate you from from others, right? And, right. You know what's special about you know this person and the comments like that. That is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that story. Any others? Yes, Mary. We have one that uh, someone invited to help in the closet, and she started helping in the closet, and then she started coming to our ladies' Bible class. Oh, nice. She comes every Wednesday, and she brings a friend with her. So that's how it grows. Oh, that's awesome. You guys didn't hear that. Uh, she helped uh, with the closet, and, um, and then she brought a friend with her. And then she started coming to the Bible study, and just kind of it kind of grows that way. Absolutely, guys. It's just baby steps. Small, little, intentional things. If we as Christians can start thinking about that as we go through our daily um, conversations, we can start inserting some of this into it. And one of the things um, that we need to be careful of is don't get discouraged, right? Um, sometimes the first invitation is not going to be accepted. Um, it doesn't mean you don't stop it, you know. Um, you continue just to check them out every, every once, you know, once in a while. Hey, how are you, how are you doing today? Throw another nugget in, you know. And continue to have those conversations, build those relationships. Um, continue to, to feel them out. And one day, they, you know, they might, they might come through the door. Um, so. Well, Chris, that makes me think of David Roberts. Yeah. I don't remember if it was sports or just what. And the dad would pick the boys up. <clears throat> and then it was, hey, we're going to pick you up tomorrow night for church. Yeah. And they just kept it. Kept, kept, have them come. 
And one of the things we're going to get into um, eventually, I'll, I'll try to finish up conversational evangelism next week. I told you I love this stuff. Um, we'll finish it up, wrap it up, but the next thing we're going to sneak into is friendship evangelism. So just kind of an unofficial tally, I'm kind of curious. How many of us um, did not grow up in the church? So we got fewer. Okay. I want you guys to kind of think about um, your journey to the church. What got you there, right? And we're going to kind of delve into then friendship evangelism. And so conversational evangelism from Dr. North's perspective, the way I kind of interpret it and read it, it's just to get the conversation started. You're throwing out little seeds to say, hey, are you interested? Are you interested to go into those deeper conversations? Friendship evangelism um, is... These are people that we have what they call a sphere of influence. And think about all the people that you have influence over in your life, right? Not, you know, maybe the person checking you out at the grocery counter. Probably your sphere of influence with them is probably very minimal because you have very limited interaction with them, right? But think of, I don't know, a family member. Think of your neighbor. Think of, you know, the people that you, you have more, you share more of life with, right? And think about those conversations and um, what what and those are made to be more deep, you know, and start talking about more of what Christ means to me. And hopefully the conversational portion of it that we do, what we talked about today, will lead to that eventually over time. But like we talked about in the very first class, right? We're here to build relationships. It's not a one and done, right? And we kind of jokingly said, you know, at least evangelism in my mind growing up was, you know. Um, do you believe in Jesus? No. Okay, you're done to me. Do you believe in Jesus? No, you're done to me. Do you, you know, you would never circle back. We're not here to to um, use people like that. We're here to show, you know, talk with them, have those conversations, build those relationships, express to them that um, the urgency of of the whole uh, Jesus and, and his second coming and judgment day eventually, right? Um, because we care. We're people. We've got, you know, we talked, I think I threw away, a throwaway comment in the very first class, you know, evangelism, you've got to learn to love people, right? I mean, that's why we do this. We do, actually, we do this because Jesus is command, but as part of evangelism, we love people. We want to see people in heaven with us one day. So that's why we do what we do. So, um, any last comments before we, we part? We've got just a few more minutes before the bell should ring. Absolutely. And one of the things Dr. North talks about, and I'm going to make sure I get this right, conversational evangelism is to build a relationship, open doors, stir interest, and cast the net to find seekers who are interested in spiritual things. It is not to confront anybody, make anyone feel uncomfortable, or argue religion. Right? We're out there to see kind of what, feel them. We're, we're a thermometer. We're there to feel the temperature, what, the, what they... Um, where they want to go with this conversation. So, with that, guys, you're awesome. Thank you for a great discussion. And next week, we uh, finish up conversational evangelism and go into friendship evangelism.